you get the Zoe 101 vibes. There's still the whole like Lizzie Gordo dynamic with with between Chase and Zoe, but mm-hmm. there's more kooky antics, you know. And there's no parents, which was fun because they all lived at boarding school, and it was just what? a fun fucking ride of a show. I recommend it. Let's get blazed and watch it. <laughs> okay, just want to let you know. Insert theme song here. You and me, baby. Ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Getting horny now. <laughs> Welcome. Oh my god. Welcome. <laughs> and then my mom turned off the episode, which is why I did yeah. that intro. Welcome Parents to Warp to Remember. <laughs> I'm Rachel. I'm joined by Zoe. We're here. We're queer. We're two best friends who, in case you're a first-time listener, great episode to choose. Um, yeah. If you've never listened to us before, we're two best friends, Rachel and Zoe. We... Early on in our friendship, bonded over our love of pop punk and Warp Tour era bands. And on this podcast, we talk about Warp Tour. We get into the history of Warp Tour year by year from 1995 through today. We also do some fun episodes such as this in which we pick a theme and we talk about our favorite pop punk songs that fit the theme. So in case you couldn't tell or you didn't read the title, we're doing sexy songs this week, baby. We're talking about the songs that get us revved up. God. Do you have anything to add to my intro? <laughs> no, I think it's a great intro. I think we should just jump into this one. We should just jump in. So, maybe if you have sense, if you have sensitive listeners with you, maybe a eighteen plusers only. Yeah. If you're personally related to me or Zoe, you might want to check out. But I feel like my cousins will love this episode. Oh uh, so. God, I hope my cousins will listen to this. If you could do, guys, hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for background, Zoe's from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. So All conservative. in the Midwest. All of my family lives in the Midwest. So. Rich is from California and is too liberal. <laughs> yeah, so. Her family, well, I mean, mom and dad, listen at your own risk, but. Yeah, but definitely if you have other sensitive listeners in your. Yeah, we're going to be talking about sex stuff. We're going to be talking about sexuality. So you're both queer women. That, that'll be part of it. Mm-hmm. So if you hate that, why are you here in the first place? Yeah, but this is not the podcast. For FYI. <laughs> I'm wearing a vagina necklace right now. <laughs> Just listeners. Be aware. Wow. Um, so we're just going to jump in, but basically we both came of age with pop punk as an emo as like a huge lens. And we thought, how much fun would it be to just like talk about the sexy songs that got us going, that awakened us, you know? And that, in my opinion, in my case, I think they still hold up. Yeah. You're going to hate my songs. Oh. I think they I hold can't up. wait. You're, I'm excited to see what you say about my songs. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. So jump in. So what are you, what are you going Ooh. for? Okay. So like a lot of things in the, the emo pop punk scene, very, a couple things are, were always really obvious in songs. Like a, a pump up jam was really obvious to find. A really down in the dumps jam is really easy to find. But a lot like when we talked about our getting blaze songs, some of these pop punk emo songs aren't super clear if they're about sex, yeah. drugs. It's ambiguous. It is. But There's... I feel like the ambiguity makes it sexier. Yes, true. <laughs> so there, there. I do have a. I have one song that's explicit. I do have a really explicit song. Yes. I'm not gonna start with it though. Thrill me, chill me, fulfill me. <laughs> the song I'm gonna start with today is by. It is kind of a dancey song. I don't think this band ever played Warp Tour. Uh, they were big at the same time. I think like around 2000, uh, like the mid 2000s. Um, I saw them play live, and it was amazing. It was the best, like, dance experience I've ever Ooh. had at a pop, like at a punk show. Uh-huh. 
Um, but this song, I put on a mixtape for the my first boyfriend, Ian. And Shout I out this, to Ian, friend of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> this song, I specifically put on the playlist to be like, this is what I... Like, wink, wink, yeah, nudge, nudge. Yeah, very much like a, when you listen to the song, like, hey... Think about me, baby. Yeah. I love it. So, I'm going to play it. I'm really excited. <laughs> This is Don't Cry Out by Shiny Toy Guns. Oh, that's a sexy title. Yes. So it's Don't Cry Out. It's off of their 2006 album, We Are Pilots. Which yes. is arguably probably their biggest release ever. It was their first uh, studio album. It's a very, it's indie rock, synth pop, kind of post-punk revival, alternative dance or all things that people might call this album. It's uh, heavy on a lot of, I mean, a lot of synth, obviously like those bells that start. So it's mm-hmm. it's a produced album. The, the album itself, We Are Pilots, was nominated for a Grammy. Um, oh, I did not know that. Good for it. Yeah. I owned that album. It's, I just didn't listen to it that often. It's it was one of my favorite albums. It's it's a jam. I think my other the Yeah, other I just I pretty love. much exclusively listened to Lay Disco. Yeah. Lay Disco was the uh the big single off of it. The other song that I really loved on it is called Jackie. It's uh, about Jackie Kennedy. Um oh, but it's a good kind of like harkens to the 60s a little bit. Like it's mm-hmm. not a sad Jackie Kennedy song. Anyway. So this song I originally found it uh, on the MySpace of this guy that I had a huge crush on when I was a sophomore in high school. And he, we like bonded over this song on his MySpace and (laughs) he was, I thought he was so cool. He was like- Do we have pics? Can we like get a Facebook? Oh, Jesus. Not for the podcast, just for me. I just want to Maybe I'll find it afterwards. Remind (laughs) me, remind me, I'll find it. Oh, I will. He, um, I thought he was so cool. Like him and his friends were like, kind of like skateboarder emo kids. Like they all listened to cool music and all had like seen haircuts. And I was just so head over heels that he would even talk to me because he was a year Cute. older than I was. Yeah. Which like when you're in high school, when you're ooh, in high school, a year. Yeah. It's big. He. And then to my, like, utter shock and surprise, return those feelings, kind of, but not really. He he was my first, like, experience with anything Ooh. intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I, like, went to his house one night, and uh, we, like, went up to his room and made out and some other things, <gasps> and... Um, his mom just like came in out of nowhere oh, no. with two Oreo cookies. Just two. Yeah, just two. And you I had, each like, got one I, like, cookie. Threw my like sweatshirt over my lap and was just like sitting there. And we were like watching a movie, and she was like, "Do you guys want a cookie?" And we were like, "A single Oreo." A single that honestly makes me upset. Oreo. One that she would cock block her son like that, but two, a single cookie per person. A single cookie. It I'm was, scandalized. I was mortified. I don't know. It was weird, but he turned me on the song, so I do have to thank him for that. Six 
it's just such a bop. It's a it's really fun. It's great to dance to. I love her voice on this, mm-hmm. and I love the kind of like crystalline um, bubble gum shimmer that they has with those bells. Yes. But the lyrics are of course just really deep. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, your fascination with naked walls of silk and skin with no conditions. I needed you to notice that's all I wanted. I mean, you can imagine for me when I'm like pining after this guy that I'm like, yes, like just Mm -hmm. take me. I'm like yours. And you know, like very much like a ravish me kind of moment. Um, the chorus is 10, 9, 8, and I'm breaking away. I'm all dressed up and ready to play. They love countdowns. That's all I know about shiny toy guns. They love a countdown. We are pilots. There's a cat, right? Yeah, that's uh, why. I only know those, those like, songs. Right? Seven, six, five, four. And I'm all over you. Counting three, two, one. And I'm having fun. Oh. So this was just, uh, yeah, this was definitely the first song that, like, I would associate with uh, a dude that I was really into. Some Ed person that. that I was into and, like, having it uh, work out surprising. Sh- honestly shocking to all. I love that. Your fascination with naked walls of silk and skin with no conditions. I needed you to notice. That's all I wanted. Don't cry yet. Rachel, what's your favorite first song? So I had a very solitary sexual exploration experience as a, per- as a young person. <laughs> Um, I didn't really date. I literally never really. I straight up never dated anybody, especially in high school. Um, I started to date a little in college, but like I was a little bit of a late bloomer. But I was fully going on a journey of my mind and my bod. Yeah. When I was a tween onward. So the songs that I picked are more, especially this first one, is a song that I discovered really young that like tapped into something in me where I was like, what is this feeling? And so to this you. day, still like gives me a half chub you know what i mean um yes i'm just gonna play it is it still me that makes you sweat am i you think about in bed when the lights are dim and your hands are shaking as you're sliding off your dress think of what you did and how i hope to god he was worth it when the lights are dim and your heart is racing as your fingers touch I your skin. this is lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off by panic at the disco let's get these t-hearts Off the album, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, their first album. Uh, we are doing a Panic of the Disco special. Yeah. And I very consciously didn't include this song because I knew I was going to put it on my sexy shit. <laughs> this is my favorite Panic of the Disco song of all time to this day. Wow. Uh, it's probably the most listened to of any Panic of the Disco song in life. I still bring it up on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But at the time when it came out, ooh. So we'll get into this in the panic episode, but a huge part of what I love about them, especially a fever you can't sweat out era and Ryan Ross's lyrics. Um, there's like weird religious undertones. Everything's really sexual. Um, everything's kind of gender fluid and interesting and burlesque and aesthetic. And that was so appealing to me from a really young age. I was always drawn to camp and like vaudevillian and like queer culture stuff. Even before I ever had like an inkling that I was queer myself. So this song just like tapped into something I was not prepared to tap into. 
and just the lyrics fucking there's brendan yuri sings with this confidence and the whole perspective like the lyrics are just like i'm the best you've ever had and i'm the best you'll ever have and you'll never have it again like i just love it i'm like Ugh! it's like so good and exchanging body heat in the passenger seat i'm like Ugh! also side note i've never canoodled in a car i realize uh, this it's so overrated i know i realized this while i was like prepping this episode so if anyone wants to hook up in my blue Subaru Impreza, hit me up. <laughs> Knock that off the bucket list. Um, but so there's this whole idea of like conspicuous, like secret. I was talking to one of my friends, Kenzie. Shout out to Kenzie, friend of the pod. Um, a lot of her favorite pop punk songs are all like We the King songs that are all like secret lover, secret valent, like literally secret valentine. Like all the songs are like, we're it's secret. <laughs> Which I think is so silly, but for straight kids, but I think with a queer lens, it's like so hot. Yeah. Um, so this idea of like, it's up to us and we're like gonna canoodle in the car and it's a secret and it's steamy and then the whole testosterone boys and harlequin girls let's dance and so the whole dance i love that we both chose dance songs there's something i've always loved to dance my whole life there's yeah. something really freeing and physical yeah. about it yeah sexual or not there's yeah. it's just like i've never felt more in touch with my body than when i was dancing which is really fun so that was like tying that all together was amazing and then this whole like testosterone boys harlequin girls like playing with gender roles and being hyper aware of like i think it was very ahead of its time in a lot of ways um because if it came out now it would be so obviously more of like a trans lens a gender queer mm -hmm. kind of lens mm -hmm. and there weren't really the words for that in 2005 at least in the mainstream but it's like alluding to all of these things that i would later like study in college and like partake in myself and it it just taps into everything that still as an adult it like riles me up yeah. not just like on a sexual level just on a, like i want to fucking dance level yeah long story long that's my song i love it <laughs> i when i suggested the sex episode and you were like on board that i automatically knew that was the song I was gonna pick. <laughs> I like the other two i had to oscillate between this was i was like <clears throat> and when we decided to even do this podcast i'm like we're gonna do a sex episode one day and i'm gonna put lying is the most fun <laughs> on it it's gonna happen yeah so yeah. That's where I'm at. Oh, it's such a great song. When he whispers at the beginning, he I'm just whispers, like, he gets those high notes. He gets really like deep, which like especially for Brendan Neary is a pretty big deal when he like consciously is like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think Brendan Neary was what is so striking about him, besides the fact that he's so vocally talented, is that he is one of those singers where when he sings you really feel like he's singing directly yes. to you. When he sings when he performs. Yes. That's so true. He just there's something about and it's such a skill, but yeah. he does it I think he doesn't honestly I think I don't it's even natural. Think it's a skill. I think it's I think, a it's, yeah, yeah. I think he's just it's he's just, just he is. like this yeah. yeah. It's really incredible. I, I yeah, love it. Yeah, it can't song. be taught. Yeah. He just has Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the combo of early panic it's Ryan Ross's lyrics, which really get me good because I've always been a Ryan girl. It's Ryan Ross's lyrics, but it's Brendan's vocal delivery, yeah. and it just—it's the perfect storm in my pants. Let's get these teen hearts beating faster, faster. Let's get these teen hearts beating faster. All right, so my second song is kind of my like slightly more wholesome pick. It's not super wholesome, obviously, but like the reasoning I think for it is more wholesome than my. <laughs> Definitely my last pick. So, There's nothing wholesome about anything I chose. Great. <laughs> um, so this, uh, my second song is... It's The Only Exception by Paramore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sexiest of all songs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play it and then I'll talk about it. It's I Miss You by Blink-182. <laughs> Girlfriend, now, no way, no. 
So this is Shiksa Parenthetical Girlfriend by Say Anything. I remember it vividly, love. I've been walking erect since the moment we met and I caught your eye. Tonight's the cause. Your white thighs. Your brave neuroses cease to be. And angels conversing with me. The new attractive to me is to Off of their album In Defense of the Genre. This Which side? Was it side one or side two? Or it's just one or just two? two. Just two. Oh, sorry. No, no. Jesus. Uh, it's just one. Just one. That felt right. And uh, it comes after Church Channel. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. That's part of... Oof. oof. Yeah. Uh, so this came out in 2007. Uh, my friend gave me this album. Um, bless her. She gave me this album and I... Because we, we loved Say Anything. Um, and I... this It's one of my favorite albums. We've talked about Say Anything before. They, we talk about Say Anything every yeah, episode because they're my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Our Lord Mexico. And you love them so much. Zoe's wearing a Say Anything shirt. Oh my god, I totally this. am! I'm wearing the like one of my only band t-shirts that's We'll post it on the Insta. Check yeah. out Insta. I'm going to post Zoe's kick-ass Say Anything yeah. shirt. Um, so this song, when it came out in 2007, I was... I had just finally acknowledged the, the the part of me that liked women, but I would go through a couple of different things in my life that would um, keep me from ever like exploring that until my early 20s. And when I finally, at 23, met a girl that I was head over heels for and had a very tumultuous and passionate and brief uh, relationship with, this song was like it it was I like woke up the 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 day after like we acknowledged that we had feelings for each other and like we acknowledged that this was a thing and I like played this song <laughs> and it was just like what oh my god because it's to me like there's just nothing better than that when you and like nothing like sexier than like when you that like person that you see and they want you and you want them and you just want to like sing it from the rooftops of like isn't this great? Like, I have this person in my life, and how fucking lucky am I? And so this song is just... I just think it's so wonderful, and especially why I love it, and I still love it now, is that it's such a celebration of having a girlfriend, and for me, that Mm -hmm. was never... Like, it took a really long time for me to accept that that was something that I could have, and Mm -hmm. that that was acceptable um, in my own world, and... um, you know, just like a lot of almost every other queer person out there, you know, that's something that it just takes a really long time for you to accept. And then obviously for everybody around you to accept. Mm -hmm. So to have a song out there that was celebrating having a girlfriend and it wasn't necessarily like, I am a man and I have this property. It was like, Hey, isn't it amazing to have a girlfriend? Yeah. And I was like, it is amazing. Maximus. It really is. Well, and what's beautiful about it too, I think is we talked about this, like they oscillate between these like really fun dancey kind of breakdowns and this yes. like whispery, but also just lyrically, we go from these like really mm. sweet concepts of like, it's just like to belong to someone, to like yeah. be in love with every part of yeah. someone, but then also like suck me till I'm sore. And you're like, Whoa. Yes. <laughs> like there is like dirty fun sex yes. as a part that can exist alongside this, like shout it from the rooftops, quote unquote wholesome love like right. that's what a relationship is it should be all of those things exactly and I love that Max encapsulates that in a song right it's just exactly because so many sex songs are just like it's like I said like it's secret and it's dirty and yeah. blah, blah, blah. but I, part of what I love about the song is it's so unabashedly like this is what's up yeah I have a girlfriend we could have sex now like and that's... safe sex he's promoting contraceptives Stop less right so yeah the line for that is I'll need new contraceptives and uh which is just really beautiful and yeah um 
also I met this girl in the summer in my in my life and so it's I love the line let's spend the night entwined out on the boardwalk in the sickly summertime I mean so it, cute it would just like fit really perfectly I <laughs> Um, so this, it's just, I, this song makes me happy every time I hear it. I, same. you know, if I'm ever, when I'm in a relationship or, or seeing somebody, it's just really, it's, it's fun to play and I get to kind of like insert girlfriend here, which is really nice. And now as a, an out queer woman, who's like very comfortable in her sexuality and really kind of knows what, you know, mm-hmm. and can accept herself and is so lucky to be surrounded by people who except me. I don't know why I instantly started talking in the third person. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's an exciting song. It's again, it, there's some like really sexy moments and, uh, and like Rachel said, it's just very much like nothing is secret with this song. It's all like, right. here it is. We're laying it all out. We're all, yeah. there's we're nothing all on wrong. the same page. Exactly. Like there's nothing wrong yeah, with it. Yeah. They're fucking happy. Yeah. I love that. It is. It's such a happy song. So yeah. Rachel, I know you, I'm sure you have thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on I'm so glad you picked this. So this was the first Say Anything song I ever listened to. Oh. This was their song on the 2008 Warped Tour compilation. Yeah. 2008 or 2009. 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was my introduction to Say Anything was this song. And I really loved it from the get-go. And I, um, I mentioned on the pod before, I'm bisexual, pansexual, depends on the day. Depends on what you identify gender as. But um, I like all genders. And... Growing up, being a closeted bi kid, I never, th- I, I would have these fleeting thoughts about women or like femme oriented people and think like, well, I'm not a lesbian though, because I know I'm attracted to men. And I didn't understand that there was like an option. Yeah. Why not both? Poor <laughs> Kate <Nola's toast. laughs> Um. So when I, fr- I have a really great relationship with the song. So when I first listened to it, I was just so drawn to this, like this amazing vocalist speaking frankly about sex, but in a wholesome way. Mm-hmm. And I love how Max Bemis enunciates and so I was obviously instantly awestruck and starstruck by this band itself because I just love their sound but having a song that like celebrated this relationship and I also grew up with like a lot of rom-coms I grew up with a lot of popular media and I identified myself a lot with these like straight white male protagonists of things Mm -hmm. and I always just thought like oh that must be great and I never really thought harder about it and then you're like babe if you think a little harder about it because you like women also yeah so when I first listened to it, I was like, this is relatable. This is great. Like, it's just amazing to be in a relationship. Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. And then, you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, no, I would love to sing this if I had a fucking girlfriend. That'd also be great. So I had a kind of similar journey, but very different, very solitary. <laughs> but I had a similar journey to this of yeah. like, it meant so much to me. And the meaning only built the older I got and the more comfortable I got with my own sexuality. And now I just love it as a whole. It's like a human song about wanting to fuck and loving someone at the same time. Like, yeah. what a beautiful concept. It's great. I'm so glad you picked it. I'm just like... I love uh, your reaction. My heart's so happy. Beautiful. Like... Because I don't think of it as... All of the sex songs that I think of, I think of, like, sexy, like... Yeah. Like, dirty, like, secret. And But also, this is a very valid and very important part of sexuality that I love that we get to talk about because all the songs I picked are just, like... Kind of gay and kind of religious and kind of vaudevillian. I love it. Because that's my brand. My third is just going to be real dirty. Oh, I can't wait. I picked a song off this band's first album, which makes me feel really cool.
This is The Church of Hot Addiction by Cobra Starship. Have you heard of my religion? It's called the Church of Hot Addiction. We believe that God is lost for everything because now. And it's off, I think it's their first album. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Don't fact check me. It's off the album While the City, While the City Sleeps, We Rule the Streets, which I'm pretty sure is their first one. Um, <laughs> I fucking love this song. Um, in a shocking twist, I chose a song that was directly about sex and religion <laughs> and has a dance beat and has a little bit of whispering. And do I have a type? Fucking Brendan Uri, Ryan Ross, Gabe Supporta, like, yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, I actually discovered this song a little later in the game. I owned this album for a long time. Um, I discovered Cobra Starship. Actually, one of my honorable mentions for this week is prostitution is the world's oldest profession, and I, dear madame, am a professional. Nice. That was um, actually on the exact same Warped compilation as Shiksa. Oh, okay. And that was how I discovered Cobra Starship. Yeah. And so I instantly bought the two albums that were available to me <laughs> by Cobra Starship at that time. And I listened to this album less. I, I tend to listen to... Uh, City is at war way more. But while the city sleeps, we roll the streets has a couple really good tracks on it. In my well, I mean, the whole album is pretty good, but there are some really good standouts. But this is the standout for me. I didn't really come to it until like senior year into college kind of vibes, where I was actually older and more in touch with my sexuality because I was an adult at that point. Um, and so it was a little bit of a late dish where I was like, this has been hiding in my iTunes this whole time. And like, who knew? And it's my favorite thing. I'm also a huge fan of the show Supernatural. And this song just reminds me of like vibes, like Crowley, like King of Hell vibes mm. a little bit, which cracks me up. Um, but the lyrics, uh, just let me ask you, hey, have you heard of my religion? It's called the Church of Hot Addiction. We believe that God is lust for everything. And then <laughs> another verse is... Um, I am the drug you can't deny. Tonight, I'm going to get you high. My love is electric. And you're like, yes, get me high, Gabe. Um, I mean, it's so explicitly sexual without, well, it's so obviously sexual without being super explicit. And there's these weird religious vibes that I'm here for that I don't care to unpack at this moment, but (laughs) it's fun for me. Um, and it's just got this fun, like, dance synthy beat. I think everything we pick has some sort of dance element to it. The next song I have that you'll hate is definitely a dance song. Um, and I love that we just both kind of overlapped on that, that we just like dance yeah. songs are equated with like sex feelings. Cause it's like, yeah, you're like in touch with your body, you're living your exactly. life. Exactly. I think it's that freedom of movement and motion. Yeah. And, and it's just classic. Yeah. I mean, you can hear every word Gabe is saying. Gabriel yeah. support of Cobra Starship. He is such a gem. I love his inflection. I love his enunciation. I love like a crisp, almost talk singing by a man in pop punk, clearly. Uh, so it just has everything I love in a yeah. song. It's a great time. I have never heard this song, so it was nice to hear it's something fun. new. It's often overlooked, and people yeah. don't talk about it, which is wild, because Prostitution is the World's Oldest Profession is a super fun song, but I think Church of Hot Addiction is so much sexier, and yet. And yet. I like it. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a nice voice overall. Like it, um, I think definitely up there in one of the better singers. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked past him semi-recently in a crosswalk in Hollywood and I almost shit my pants. I was so excited. I was like, that was Gabe's supporter from Cobra Starship. And I'm like, who can I tell? No one. Like, no one listens to Cobra Starship. No one will believe me. Yeah, they always kind of, they had the one big snakes on a plane hit, which I knew. Oh, see, that's so funny because I never associated with that girl, song. And then the like, Good Girls Go Bad. Yeah, which is one of my Well, the Hot favorites. Mess album, we gotta bust out that album. Yeah. Next time we're like pre-gaming for something, remind me to play the whole Hot Mess okay. album because it's so fun. Nice. That was like their late Easter era. Yes. Um, 
but I love <laughs> so much of their stuff and they're such a hybrid kind of band and it's it's always a pleasant surprise to me that they did play Warped and were associated with Warped in a big way yeah. because they were very dancey they were very kind of all over the place with what they represented and what they their vibe was um, I kind of associate a little bit with like the Kesha the like early like trash glitter trash like Kesha vibe with this I would put those on the same playlist for sure nice um, it's just fun yeah that's all I really have to say. It's not that deep. It's just hot. <laughs> Secrets are kept, uh, which is so funny because like, I had no idea that we talked about kind of like the secret, like yes. sexy times. This song literally is about that. Uh, this is the most explicit song by far that I chose, mm-hmm. obviously. But they're pretending they're gagged and bound. They're not actually gagged and bound. So I would argue that this is wholesome. <laughs> oh, she says you're such a little bitch. She says head case, head case, turn that thing around. Let's play a game when you hear me make a sound. Just go quite a bit faster. Pretend I'm gagged. And Okay, uh, I feel like our definitions also are very different. No, I'm kidding. Oh, correct. Um, but this band was formed in San Diego. Uh, they were signed to Atlantic Records, and that's what this album, The Best Little Secrets Are Kept, they went out on. They were signed to a major label. They were signed to a major label. So they that. really, honestly, they never found success. Like, maybe they could have. I think they just, they didn't quite ever hit that sweet spot you know mm-hmm. um where they f- would find a lot of su- success they toured with bigger bands that all did really well like queens of the stone age and uh distillers but they just never quite got there um i think partially because they almost all of their music is pretty sexually provocative uh that's kind of their the brand which is fun i think this song especially is I mean, yes, it's sexy, and yes, those lyrics are wow. Like they make you blush and like have to pull your collar. Like it's I love hot, it. and it's fun. And I like that he doesn't really ever sing in this song. He really just talks, sings it. But it's oh man, it's another one where you just it gets me going. Oh how I love to hear that sound. Milkshake, milkshake, I love to feel you sweat. We don't have to go to the pool if you want me to make you wet. Can you keep a secret? Cause the best little secrets are kept. You're my best little secret yet. 
a friend of mine when I was in middle school or high school or something like played this song and we were all just like wow this is really sexy I love it but it's like kind of a bop and like the, it's a for sure bop yeah it's like you just kind of sing it and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god this is so dirty um the the big lyrics of course are milkshake milkshake I love to feel you sweat we don't have to go to the pool if you want me to make it wet uh, can you keep a secret? Because the best little secrets are kept, and you're my best little secret yet. I love this for so many reasons. I feel like I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel empowered. This is my new song. What I really do love about it, though, is I think a lot of songs in general, but especially within like the pop punk umbrella, um, don't really discuss female pleasure. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. There's clearly a very obvious language of consent and excitement and mutual gratification. Mutual gratification for sure. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Which is super fun. It's not just like, ooh, girls love me and they're gonna like jump on my right. dick. It's like, no, we're like, we're both into each other. I'm gonna service the shit out of you. Yeah. That's what this song is, and that's part of why I love it so much. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And this like I said, I, I mean, I found this in high school, so it was very much at that time where you're in high school and like, oh my God, like all those feelings are coming up. And mm-hmm. for me, this song was never like related to like necessarily like another person or another gender. It was just like, yeah, like it's fun to be sexy sometimes. Yeah. And, like, you know, it was, I love the sex fun combo. Yeah. There's no shame. We're having a good time. Exactly. exactly. And you're exactly right. Like it's very obviously consensual. You know, if you kind of read through the storyline of the song, like little Stacey Q, like she comes over like she's very mm-hmm. much like she wants to be there and um it's just it's kind of it's it's flirty and sexy and uh yeah the band itself just honestly never did very well I, I don't I think part of it like I said they just never found the right timing I think for mm-hmm. a lot of their songs and for the middle 2000s like it they're pretty explicit and it just really wasn't accepted they actually got banned from a high school in Alabama <laughs> yeah and the lead singer has a really long quote about, you know, not being able to perform in Hoover, Alabama, uh, you know, because they just, they were really against like what the band was standing for. And, and he just kind of felt like that was, uh, irresponsible, you know, that like people Mm -hmm. are kind of hiding this, the sound and, and that people are trying to avoid it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. This is on Spotify. Their whole album is on Spotify. I'm stoked. It's, it's a good time. That was a true gift. I'm literally going to choreograph. I'm going to do my first burlesque number to that song. I I just decided. I can't wait. Well, we're going to take a hard fucking hard left turn. Yes, good. With my final song. You're going to be so mad. Especially when I tell you what my almost, what my honorable mention is that I almost picked instead. You'll be extra mad. Nice. Black dress with the tights underneath. I got the breath of a last cigarette on my teeth. And she's an actress, actress. But she ain't got no need. She's got money from her parents in a trust fund back east. Don't trust me. By 303. Tongues. Always press to your cheeks While my tongue is on the inside of some other girl's teeth You tell your boyfriend, boyfriend. If he says he's got beef That I'm a vegetarian And I ain't fucking scared of him This is off their album literally called Want yes. So hello 
young little Rachel getting into 303, being turned one in a big way by an album called Want. Literally all caps. Every track, every track is in all caps. No spaces. Very MySpace vibes. Don't trust me. It's all one word. And it's from Want. Like, what more can you ask for? <laughs> so I love 303. I've talked about 303 on the podcast before. I know they're so cringy. I know they're problematic. For those of you who don't know, they're a rap pop punk duo two white guys from boulder colorado 303 is their area code it's spelled three the digit oh exclamation point three the digit jesus they have their own little sign that they throw up it i went on a real journey with them i'm not familiar with uh their new stuff as much i listened all the way through omens and then kind of fell out um i still listen to them i'm not sorry they're so fun so this is their most famous song um (laughs) Shockingly, this was not the Warped Tour compilation song that they had from Want. Punk Bitch was on instead. Uh, well, yeah. Which I think is so foolish, though, because you have to bleep every other word. It's literally punk, because I've seen it before. Punk. It, for the Warped Tour compilation, because Warped Tour compilations aren't explicit. Oh. Yeah, so it was a weird choice, in my opinion, that they went with Punk Bitch and didn't do Don't Trust Me. But anyway, uh, this is their most famous song. If you know 303 at all, you probably know this song at least a little. If only for the infamous... Shush, girl, shut your lips, do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips. We know it's not okay. It's problematic. I was young. The song's a bop. I think we're better people when we think critically about the pop culture that we enjoy, about any art or culture that we enjoy. And I think I can love them and still be aware of their (laughs) faults and be an okay person to be fine. And I think at the end of the day, I've talked about that before, I always felt like 303 was in on the joke. They're both really smart guys. They met either in college or grad school. They were both like science majors or something. They're they're like educated dudes and they know, they know. <laughs> and that's part of the joke. And there's always that issue, especially in this kind of subculture of when you're in on the joke, but then you have all these shitty fans who take it at face value, which is very much a 303 kind of thing. But I exclusively only knew women who listened to 303 and loved them when I was young. Shout out to my friend Delaney, best friend in the whole world. She saw 303 because she lived in Colorado in high school and got to go see them. And I was so jealous. Nice. Um, but anyway, this song's fun. It's For me, it's so sexy. <laughs> I have also mentioned this on the pod before. I'm wildly attracted to Nat and Sean of 303 to this day. They got hotter over time, but I thought they were very hot at the time. Thank God I, we have both evolved <laughs> because they're super hot now and they were not objectively very hot then, but I thought they were. And their music videos were fun and super tongue-in-cheek. The premise of this music video is that they're the last two men left on Earth and they happen to be male models. And so it's them trying to do photo God. shoots with all these female models who are just trying to, like, ravish them because they're the only men left on Earth. And it's so stupid. But that's the beauty of it. Yeah. The My other honorable mensch of 303 is Holler Till You Pass Out, which is another song I love. And it's literally the lyrics are, I'm going to hit you from the back and make you holler till you pass oh out. Oh, my God. And it's just fun and it's dumb and it's super sex-oriented. And it's, it's so clearly shock value that it's not even shocking, which is what I love about them. They're very tongue in cheek. They're like the sexy, they're like the sexy, genuine Lonely Island, you know, like they actually mean it (laughs) a little bit. Um, so long story long, but the whole narrative of this song of like a young girl going to a concert, like on her own and like trying to get drinks and stealing the set list and like being edgy and fun was like, Ooh, cause I like used to go to concerts and was like, "Mm, what a dream. And I was also just so attracted to both of them. So it was like extra fuel to the fire that I was like, because I really wanted to fuck them. And then I was like, this song. Um, and obviously, Don't Trust a Ho is the like fucking chorus. Problematic. I know. 
But, you know, we're all allowed to have a little problematic fave. We're all allowed to have a little... She's the little, you know, you get a little drunk, you turn her up, you pretend that it's not offensive for a minute, and you have a good time. And it also illustrates, problematically so, but it does illustrate female pleasure and female desire in a way that was really groundbreaking for me as a young person of saying, like, she was really into it. She, like, goes to these shows and she, like, seeks it out and she's, like, hot and she wants it. And I was, like, into that very much so. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a problematic view, but for me as a young, like, relatively sheltered sexually person, that was, like, really exciting for me. And I still pop it. It's a pop. I still, like, pump it and get down with it. I would love to, see, like, hear female covers of this. Ooh. I, I like that idea yeah. of, like, yeah, women really taking, like, control of their... She wants to their, touch me, woo. Yeah. She wants to love me, woo. Like, of women taking control of their sexuality, enjoying it, but, like, I hate that it's through the... The lens of two straight white dudes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's where I fall off on, on 303 is that it's just, like, I, I can appreciate it, but I'm just like, ah, man, yeah. you know? I don't need it from you. I want it from women. Yeah, totally fair. Well, and of course, the height of my 303 fandom, I didn't really have any women to, like, put in that Mm -hmm. box. And I didn't fully realize my own sexuality at the time. So this was, like, the next best thing for me. And I totally get where you're coming from as well. I still love them. Do you know who got me in originally into 303? Ian. Yes, Ian! Yes, Ian! (laughs) He, like, played this and... One of the other, like, Electroshock is my favorite 303 song of all time, and I've not even put it on the pod yet. Yet. Yeah, he played this, like, before it became a thing in Missouri. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, I'm so hip and groundbreaking. Yeah, because they were huge. They were hugely a social media group. Yeah. They put out music videos on YouTube when YouTube was brand new, and they heavily promoted themselves on MySpace and then eventually on Facebook. And I just remember being so connected to 303. I felt very connected to them because they were putting out so much content that I could directly engage with online. And then I felt cool. I felt like I was getting an exclusive, you know, and then I remember they released like they would release like countdowns of like the videos coming, the videos coming and you right. get there and you're like, yes. And they did this like series of videos and it just felt very hands-on. And then like, yeah, like kids in fucking Missouri could find it too, which was God. fun and cool. And it felt like we were all in on something secret that our parents didn't like, which was fun. So to round this out, we have a couple honorable yes. mentions. Mine, my first is Wow, I Can Get Sexual Too by Sadie Say, yes. Dove. But we, we've played that for one of our episodes. We featured that in the Blazin episode. Yeah. So, but that one definitely, again, is very much in the... I called her on the phone and she touched herself. Yeah, it's it's Who fun. could say it better? It's cheeky. Uh, I love it. Also, um, Foxtrot Uniform, Charlie Kilo, featured on the same episode. Yeah. Also very, like anything by Bloodhound Gang. Uh I mean, that was the lyric at the top of this episode that I used is Bloodhound Blood Gang. Gang. Yeah, Bloodhound Gang, very notoriously sexual. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> something kind of out of left field. Oh, no, I have two, the one that I think Rachel probably would agree with me is Feeling This by Blink-182. Yes, that's arguably the sexiest pop punk yes. song of all time, and I didn't pick it on purpose because I thought it was too easy. Yeah, it's but it's, oh, man, Feeling It's this so is. hot. The video's hot. Their right? fucking school uniforms are behind glass. Like, mm, I'm going to clip good. it out for you all right here because we just need a little bit of it in our lives.
just so beautiful. It's the epitome Ugh. of like sexy, angry pop yes. punk. It is. It is. Like it yeah. is. I'm so glad you brought it up because I literally almost forgot because I just thought it's so obvious. I like right. put it out of my mind. It's. It was definitely a song that I listened to as a burgeoning teenager. Mm-hmm. Like mm, I used to watch that one video. Day. I used to watch that video a lot. Oh yeah, it's a hot. lot, a lot. And then my last is a song called Lucy by the band Dropping Daylight off of their album Brace Yourself. It was their one and only album as far as I know. Oh. They, this, I found this album. This was like a, they like handed it. was, I went to Warp Tour, I think in like 05 maybe, uh, 05, 06 ish, somewhere in there. And uh, they were there performing. And I remember my friend was like, we should go see them. They're a p- piano forward uh, punk rock band. And the lead singer was really hot. She might be the Call Me By Your Name score. Oh, it's kind of. <laughs> the piano. So this song is about a, a girl named Lucy and like, you know, loving, basically it's about loving this woman named Lucy and it's kind of hot. They reference sex a couple of times. And for me, listening to it as I was trying to figure out my own sexuality was like, you know. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. It was, it was like, oh, this is a song that like, it, again, again, it was through the the lens of a straight white dude. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel you when it was like you know that kind of feeling of like we had to identify that yeah, with them because that was all was, we were allowed right, to identify with. That's all that was there. Yeah, so many songs were sung by guys that I'm like I, but I really like connect to this way yeah. more than like my straight friends. But mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't really know. I was just like, right. oh, it's a cool song. And then I was like, yeah. And then you realize, I think so. <laughs> So many of my friends and just so many queer women in general that I know, um, we all had some sort of belated moment of understanding. Yeah. Usually in college, we're like all, so many of my friends are also by women and we've all had that <laughs> conversation about like, yeah, like all of a sudden, like a lot of shit from my childhood and teen years made sense. Like I had to realize like, oh, when I was really obsessed with Fiona Apple as a kid, it wasn't just because she was amazing and representing, representing like female rage, but I was into her. She was one of my first crushes and I didn't realize that that's what that was because I didn't know that I was allowed to feel that. Right. And so many things like that. And there was this like belated, like, oh, no wonder I loved that song so much because I wanted to be the protagonist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, proof positive, if everyone else in the world can identify with and empathize with white male narratives then why can't white males identify with other stories like more stories from more people from all perspectives we're all human we can all relate to them like it's not hard 100 100 but anyway so those are what are yours so i have a couple honorable mentions um pun intended because we did a song (laughs) called shiksa um so a huge song that i super almost put in it was huge for me as a youth, but it's not, it doesn't have quite the same effect on me as an adult, which is why I didn't pick it, is Control by Metro Station. Oh, okay. Yes. That song one. was yeah. sex to me. I literally used to like climb out the window of our computer room. We had a computer room back in the day. Yeah. You know, when yeah, there's yeah. a computer. We did too. <laughs> I would climb out the window of the computer room and sit on the flat part of my mom's roof and fucking listen to Control on a loop off of my black iPod Nano. And I just so distinctly remember it. And I remember feeling all the feelings and just like, I was so into it. And I had such a big Metro Station moment when I was like 12. And so this song was one of the first ones that came to my mind. But listening to it again as an adult, it didn't have quite the same effect on me. I think it holds up and it's very fun. It's also so cheesy, but in a really fun way. So if you want like a very like 2007 vibe throwback, I recommend Uh. it. 
My other huge honorable mention is She Loves Everybody by Chester French. Yes. Chester French was a very interesting band, and I'm sure we'll talk about them on the pod more. Um, Because their sound, I would not classify as pop punk at all, but for some reason, they were touring with and associated with pop punk bands. So I actually saw Chester French. They were the very first opener for a five-act show that had Blink-182 headlining. So it was Chester French, Taking Back... Or maybe it was just four. It was Chester French, Taking Back Sunday, Weezer, and Blink-182. Wow, that's a lineup. If I recall correctly, it was that show. I saw two Blink shows, so I might be switching some of the acts around, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, Yeah, and they're super fun. She loves everybody's very cheeky. Um, It's a little just a skosh misogynistic. Um, I think it's still less problematic than 303. Oops. Yes. (laughs) But... Um, it's just this whole narrative about this promiscuous woman who loves sex and wants sex, but he also says she craves attention, so I use protection. I know she loves me. She loves everybody. And there's a little bit of judgment in there, but it's still a very fun song. And I think it's all in how you take it. And I take it in, like, a fun queer lens, and that's how I've made peace with my love of that song. Yeah. But I seriously consider that one. And then a couple last just, like, quick hits. I had a lot of Fall Out Boy songs I almost picked. I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy, and all I got was the song written about me. Dance, dance. Thanks for the memories. All very sexy songs. Um... I think it's funny that, like, the number one Fall Out Boy song I almost picked was literally just Pete, like, screaming. <laughs> I found that very sexy. Um, sex and anger, also into that, you know, in a healthy way. You know, that's my brand. Um, and then also Hurricane by Panic of the Disco off of Vices and Virtues nice. is a super sexy song that I love. And um, Take It Off by the Donnas, if you want more of a classic nice. rock vibe, that's a very fun, blatantly sexual song by a woman for women talking about how they want it and like come get it because yeah. this is me and that one's very fun and not not very problematic as far as i recall and then the veronicas they're like oh, they're God. like pop yeah. but they're borderline and untouched is just such a like fun sexy song by the veronicas that i also love as a youth but of all of my honorable mentions i know i have a million highly recommend that you listen to she loves everybody by chester french give me your thoughts on it how do you feel about it especially with the 2019 lens because yeah. the song's over 10 years old now god that's insane yeah um and also holla at us about pan through the disco i think vices and virtues is a fun album i think that whole album is very sexy um in addition to a few of your kids out obviously but i feel like vices doesn't get as much combo so like hit us up on our socials tell us what you think we're at a warp to remember on everything we're at warped number two remember on twitter holla at us we're not hard to find and we'd love to engage with you guys yeah i'm all horned up let's do let's, this let's fucking go we're going to we're literally going to a lesbian bar after we stop hey. recording so all right cool <laughs> thanks for listening to a work to remember bye It was probably so dry because all high school hands are dry. It was. It was so dry, and it also that's the bumper of the episode. All high school hand jobs are dry. <laughs> <laughs>